This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 82, what is new with high-frequency electromagnetic simulation at ANSYS 2021 R1, and a review of ANSYS Inc.'s fourth quarter and full-year financial results. Greetings from Phoenix, Arizona on this fine Thursday, February 25th, 2021. I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners of PADT and your host for this podcast. The new year is no longer so new. We hope those of you listening from the Southeast and especially Texas have recovered. That was a really devastating storm. Um, As our regular listeners know, we have multiple employees across Texas and and all the major cities there, and they all stayed safe, but it was rough for a couple of days. Um, Many of them had no heat or power, and it can be a true disaster, um, especially with young kids or older uh, in-laws and such that some of them were dealing with. But everybody's okay, and I hope that's true for you as well. Um, I've said it before, the bad part of 2020 didn't really start till March or April, depends on when you started the clock. So that 12-month year of hell, we have a few more months of bad news, then let's hope it will be done for a while. Um, I did get a question from a listener looking for more information about PADT and myself. The the best place to go for PADT info is our website, www.padtinc.com. And for ANSYS things, our blog, www.padtinc.com slash blog. For me, check out my LinkedIn, search for Eric Miller, that's with a C, Eric with a C, and then PADT. Uh, We can find all sorts of, uh, you can find all sorts of mildly interesting information about me there, as well as an embarrassing interview that involved cocktails that I have a video of up on that uh, LinkedIn page. So um, it makes me think that maybe I should do that for this podcast at some point when things open up. It's kind of an interesting idea. And speaking of doing things a little bit differently to mix it up, uh, I was just invited this week to be a member of the new audio kind of uh, discussion platform, Clubhouse, social media, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's pretty cool. Um, And um, the the way it works is I've got to host a couple of events or a couple of rooms, they call them. Um, And when I've done that, I can create a club. And so if you are on uh, Clubhouse, do I don't, we'll mention in the podcast as well in the next episode, um, look for All Things ANSYS Club. Or, or, or just look for ANSYS. We'll probably be the only one there. Um, and when we get enough people joining the club, I really would like to try a podcast from that platform where we can all uh, talk. So it'd be kind of a cool thing to try out. Everybody's All the cool kids are doing it. So um, just because we use ANSYS for a living doesn't mean we can't try cool things. Uh, for today's episode, though, uh, we're going to talk about high-frequency cool stuff, speaking of, of uh, being the cool ANSYS kids, and explain the whole chip-to-ship thing, which you'll hear about. Um, when we, we'll, we'll, then we'll skip our normal topics and focus on taking a look at ANSYS Inc.'s 2020 and Q4 financial results, which were just released yesterday on February 24th. So... Uh, let's go ahead and get started and listen, um, Alex and I uh, talking about these cool new features in 2020 R1 for high-frequency electromagnetics, including the new meshing awesomeness, which we're very excited about. It's beta in this release, but you'll hear more about why everybody thinks it's so cool. I want to welcome everybody today to our next uh, interview for our podcast. I'm here with Alex uh, Gaparov to talk a little bit more about what's new in HFSS. We're at 2021 R1. How's it going there, Alex? Hi, Eric. Uh, not, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Everything looks good. 
Getting good. So I'm I'm actually in the office for the first time in almost a year, um, just kind of making sure that uh, everything is up and running uh, in my in my office office rather than home office. And uh, so if we have any technical difficulties, it's my fault. And I just wanted to make our listeners aware if things change. Um, I'm I'm kind of using to, uh, toothpicks and uh, duct tape to hold stuff together. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Um, so. I mean, a new release of HFSS, there's something really big that's in beta, and we'll get to that. But uh, before we talk about the the really big news, um, what else is exciting you about uh, the new release? Well, I mean, new release is always something happening every every time. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, getting, it's getting always better and faster and more capable of doing things. So that's... Mm-hmm. It's pretty normal <laughs> for mm-hmm. instance right. to deliver something. Right. Um, there's a, so, so some features we could talk about, but I, I just want to first kind of uh, give the quick overview of the things which I think is the best in my, in my perspective. So besides the features themselves, um, I, I do like to see that we are already uh, pushing our limits with the with the time of simulation being reduced to really small. I mean, there's a comparison between different versions, and now we actually looking at really good numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and the same thing with memory optimization. So this is the best part about any simulation tool, especially HFSS, because, well, we delivered the good technology mm-hmm. with a lot of, um, you know, a lo- lo- lot of optimization. And we don't take too much time and we don't take too much resources. So that's the best, so. Yeah. Yeah, they've definitely been busy, busy, busy working on stuff. Um, any significant changes to the user interface, or is that all pretty pretty much the same as it was? I would say mostly it's everything the same. Mm-hmm. There are several things which uh, could be um, – well, there were some improvements, mm-hmm. which uh, might be um, worth of noticing. Good. Um, but, but mostly uh, in a in GUI side, um, there's pretty much everything is – Familiar to the user, so there's nothing. There's no curve to adjust. There is no extra <laughs> workflows and everything. Um, so there's a several uh, few options you have now in meshing. There's a several um, options and checkboxes you have in SBR Plus uh, solution. So yeah, that's that's just minor. I w- I wouldn't really <laughs> say too many too many things about that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so let's go ahead and move it on to really the the prime thing to talk about, which is what Ansys is marketing quite a bit. Every presentation I've seen has talked about it, um, and uh, it is a game changer in this this idea of from chip to ship with some new meshing technology. So can you tell us a little bit about that and why everybody's so excited about it? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm probably <laughs> I don't know, I'm definitely not the first one who's going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Some listeners might not already know about um, all the excitement about it. So we're talking about Mesh Fusion here as a new feature. Right now mm-hmm. it's a, a beta beta state, so mm-hmm. which means um, it seems like we're moving to the right direction. Um, I, I personally think that the reason why it's beta is only because uh, you know we're trying to make sure we get enough data from the customers and you know from test testing perspective to make sure we you know that the option is actually functional you know, solid and there's no any issues. So that's, I think, the only reason why we call it better right now. Um, altogether, the reason why that option is came, um, came to mind is to be able to actually just use uh, multiple different 
meshing, meshing, I would call styles, I guess, meshing techniques uh, to be able to mesh uh, complicated structures. So for example, if you have the PCB board with components on it attached, maybe uh, some sort of uh, PCB, the, the flex PCB uh, part of that connected as well. So, and used to be what you have to do in that case, you'll have to do mesh separately, different components, mm -hmm. right? So like, and then, and then you'd be able to put everything together and um, just kind of combine everything and get the right results. But so now it's simplified, meaning you don't have to just go manually component by component, do those things. You can simply just kind of uh, choose the mesh fusion as the, well, as the option mm -hmm. and, uh, click click mesh and that's supposed to be wow. able to figure out what you have to you know what mesh technique goes to which component and which object and everything so yeah that's that's the biggest improvements um for multi-scale assembly designs i would say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's really a smart measure it looks at uh object in the model and says oh i need to put a really refined mesh on you that's this size uh, or well this looks like a big open empty airspace i can go with nice big elements in here that's the sort of thing it does right right yeah if we call it <laughs> smart mesh I would, i'll call it super smart mesh <laughs> super smart yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool and so how do you get to that is he uh, some people may not know how to turn on the beta features Right. So, so what you have to do actually to go into the electronic desktop and there's options in the tools. Mm -hmm. So you basically go there in general options. And then once you are in general options, well, for, for anyone who is writing this down, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have to go there the options and there'll be a desktop configuration okay. uh, under the general tab. And the button is down below um, actually really the bottom of the of the the, the, the window there so okay. once you click that button then you can choose whatever beta feature you want to enable and mm -hmm. um well you basically you can play with any but uh the one which you're looking for um actually there's a couple couple good ones but i would i would say the hfss FEM mesh assembly mm -hmm. you know the one which you can you can turn on as well um so yeah but that's basically what you have to do you have to go to better okay. features and turn on those ones very cool well definitely uh encourage people to explore it and get to know it and i'm sure it's going to improve and become more function add more functions as time goes by but uh i think it's going to um could change the way people kind of the way cfd meshing has evolved over the years i mean it used to be oh my model runs for a week but it takes me two months to build my mesh um now uh, we're we're going to see the same sort of hopefully uh, productivity gain on the meshing side for for high frequency, which is pretty cool. Right, right, and well, one thing to to add, the mm -hmm. best thing about um, you know this feature to be you know, available, it, it actually users still, if they're not really sure, if they're not really confident in this feature yet, they can mm -hmm. always go back and manually do the same project right. they used to do. So it, there, there's nothing has been changed for the people who don't want to adapt yet, but I would definitely encourage everybody to try to at least, you know, to, to see the difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because, mm -hmm. you know, for some for some engineers, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a drastic difference between the old way of doing things and um, this new feature. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and th- I mean, that's the good thing about ANSYS is they almost never take anything away, right? They just add. So mm-hmm. uh, that's important. Uh, we don't want to want to get stuck up a, up a creek without a mesh, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. Um, any, anything else you want to share with the listeners that uh, they should be aware of in, in this uh, R1 for 2021? Um, yeah. I mean, so besides this being the, the you know, the biggest thing, right? Yes. Um, so a couple, couple, couple of good in, um, improvements I can see so far, it's actually in the SBR plus, and that's the shooting bouncing rate uh, okay. method. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not necessarily, well, it, it's actually pretty uh, narrow circle of people who usually use that. You have mm-hmm. to have specific application for that. If you have just a regular antenna in in in, in your some you know PCB mm-hmm. or something, then you might not need to have that kind of uh, methods and you know, to use. But SBR Plus itself has improvements, and so one of them is actually parametric anal- um, antenna arrays. Okay. So that that's a good feature too because well it it allows to to do some more uh, comp- complex scenarios. Um, so definitely some more vi- uh, visualization improvements there there um yeah so so that's that's kind of some, something interesting about sbr plus it's it's mm-hmm. it's a narrow application but it, there's improvements in that area now does that come with hfss or is that an add-on or yeah it's it's tricky it's technically comes with the uh if you're talking about licensing so it comes yes. with electron, electronic uh, enterprise okay so okay. premium hfss um will have only um I, I, I call limited edition of that SBR plus. Mm-hmm. It, so only because um, the full version of SBR plus with um, the ADP, the Doppler, um, it, it comes with electronic enterprise. Okay. Okay. Cool. And this is the former Dell Cross Savant stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So incorporating it into HFSS and doing ray tracing to calculate these antenna capabilities, which is pretty freaking cool if you're doing antennas <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and it's good to know because there may be people that aren't aware that that's available because it was a different product right um in the past yeah well and that actually brings a good point so mm-hmm. you, you you see what i do like about ansys in this case that you mm-hmm. know every time you know they acquire some company or some uh, tools and everything so they try to incorporate into the main uh, you know, HFSS flow and everything. Mm-hmm. So like SBR plus, right? So it used to be separate tool, but mm-hmm. now it's incorporated. Um, it's actually kind of goes the same same way with this. Uh, well, it gets back to the mesh fusion. Mm-hmm. Same, same kind of idea. Now that actually helps us to look at HFSS, not a tool just for antennas, how it used to be, I don't know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's actually the, the tool for, I don't know, like for everything. Right. So if you have some complicated scenarios when, you know, have battleship somewhere or a spaceship or something. Mm-hmm. So and it was this, you know, mesh fusion, it, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing, but on a different scale is bring the small objects together. So chips and PCBs and connectors and on a small scale. Um, mm-hmm. So. Very so cool. It's just gonna, yeah, it's a, <laughs> a little, little good improvements there. Yeah, it, um, I, I just I get very excited by that sort of thing because it, not having to jump out of the package uh, makes a big difference, right? I mean, it's uh, that's for sure. It's a game changer. Yeah, game changer. Well, and to be honest, I mean, I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm the person who likes the some solution to be complete. 
Yes. Uh, because usually, um, if, if you engineer and doing, let's say, several several different things at once, right? So mm -hmm. you design PCB, you're looking at some antenna on a PCB, and you're trying to do something, you know, some prediction of the um, how how the antenna gonna you know radiate in a specific environment or whatever. It, it it's kind of important to be able to have one environment so you don't lose any, um, I, you know, I call it data, but you know, any details of your scenario along the translation between the tools. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of, I don't know, it, it, to me, it's the worst part because <laughs> trying to do something really cool and translation it gets in the way. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I definitely, I've been there and done that. Um, spent a lot of time writing code to connect them. So yeah, yep. that's uh, a huge improvement. So what else should people know about? Well, if we um, stay stay with the GFSS mm -hmm. topic, mm -hmm. um, I, I would say there's a, well, there's definitely improvement in the accuracy and uh, the time of, you know, the, the memory. The, the, the amount of memory used. Okay. Yeah. Right. So there are actually, there's several, several good um, comparison. I think it's available right now as a marketing material. So mm -hmm. there's a comparison of, you know, the previous data. Um, how long it was, it, you know, it was solving certain, you know, projects mm -hmm. and everything. So now it's 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 getting better, and I, I do like to see that, <laughs> you know, keep improving. It's really important. It's yes, yes, especially you know in our world right now, when I don't know if it's not a if it's not something down within one second, then it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> we want our we want our instant answers, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Like every time I on my phone and clicking the button and I, I don't see the result, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what's wrong? I'm changing What's my wrong? carrier." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's where we are now. <laughs> so, but actually, on that note as well, so there's more development happen already in a on the cloud. So, as okay. cloud. It's it's actually a big topic, and I'm pretty sure we won't be able to cover today a lot of it. But there's definitely improvements happen there. Okay. Lots of lots of extra configuration has been added there, um, and uh, yeah, different environments and everything like like Microsoft Azure, for example, it has kind of some improvements there too. Um, so the way how it's communicated with HFSS, you know, mm -hmm. the way how it's taking the data and run, you know, runs the distribution. So. And solving in the cloud, when you have HFSS, or actually in this case for any high, you know, HPC high performance computing, mm -hmm. um, that that I, I think it's something which is going to be uh, big really soon. Um, it's already pretty big, but at the same time, when people realize that what you can do with that, because I mean, to me, every time I talk with the customers and they're like, "Oh, can you do this? Can I do this?" and mm -hmm. The answer is always, uh, yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> you, you can take so you know huge model, you know, and drop it on a cloud and just not like forget about that, but just just let it run and come back and it's gonna be really, really quick, you know, giving it results and everything. But so so that's the point. So once people get you know accustomed to it and um will have a habit of using clouds, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a big thing because right now there's lots of development happening on that side. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I think the thing to think about with cloud is you might be able to do eighty percent of your job on your desktop machine or you know the machine that you usually solve on, but that those what we're finding more and more is those times where, God, I just need to get this results faster, or I just need to run a few more cases or a slightly bigger model that doesn't quite work. 
it's pretty straightforward to just solve it on the ANSYS cloud. Yep, that's true. That's true. So that's that's something also big I, w- I would consider, but I guess not as big as a uh, mesh fusion. Mesh, <laughs> mesh fusion could be huge. Yeah, it'll be yeah. huge. Yeah, someday you'll talk about. Remember before we had mesh fusion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be telling the stories how you had to run the mesh for a couple of days. <laughs> exactly right. Okay. Well, cool. So, well, um, any any parting thoughts before we uh, wrap things up? Um, well, yeah, I would probably also want to just make a mm-hmm. little highlight. Um, so now there's also in the HFSS 3D layout, so it's not necessarily HFSS um, as antenna solver or, okay. you know, for this matter, um, 3D EM solver. So in 3D layout, uh, there is now support for encrypted 3D components. So, okay. And uh, because they used to just have 3D components, but encrypted was was kind of kind of next step and everybody was waiting for it. Now it's there, so now you'll be able to use that. Um, and yeah, that's that's one of the n- nice nice addition to the all the features which we have so far. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's actually kind of a big deal, right? Yeah, uh, I, I right. think that uh, um, as people, yeah, it's it's going to be a a big game changer. Yeah, right. And so since we're migrating from HFSS to 3D layout, and now mm-hmm. you know we in the PCB world, which is my <laughs> my favorite. Yes. <laughs> So a couple highlights I would I want to mention about is wave as well because technically okay. you know, high frequency it's still there right <laughs> so we're still talking about high frequency so one big thing happened there uh, there's a new also beta at this point but there's a new wizard it's a DDR wizard okay and so what's interesting about it so we used to have the flow for DDR analysis and we're supporting <laughs> the, the four and I, I think there was a well different protocols for sure um, but now it has been um optimized and improved and put it in, in a way of the wizard so i i think that's actually or well, right now it's a better feature as well as a mesh mesh fusion but um it, it seems like it's 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 a good good way to start um chasing the protocols and in ddr design as well okay so because the previous one it worked but it was taking a little bit too much of a steps too too many steps to, to take to actually do the ddr analysis so that's why it was a little bit tricky. So, and now with the wizard, uh, I, I tried it and it seems pretty straightforward. I think there was a, about three or four uh, wizard pages you have to go through. Um, so, so that's something good, some, something um, something great was about to say wave. Um, yeah, and of course there's always the grant and material library um, integration. So now it's actually, and I'm and I'm pretty happy to see that since we mm-hmm. um, when did we acquire Granta was a couple years ago maybe yeah yeah I, th- I think it's been two or maybe two and a half years now yeah. yeah yeah so so and now it's it's all over the place like it's it's in SciWave and it's in ChipSS you can access that huge I don't know how many thousands of different materials and <laughs> well ironically well as you were saying that that I I, I I kid you not an email just popped up on my screen. <laughs> Material selection software? Question mark. I'm a company in. I, I I'm from such and such a company. I won't say who they are. I don't do simulation, but I'm very much interested in the material selection software that called Ansys Granta Selector. So here's here's somebody that looks like a plastic injection molding house that's interested in looking at it. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah it's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> That's so wonderful. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped up. Yeah. Uh, so, so I would say this is all the different different topics I want to touch about mm, uh, high frequency today. And um, mm. just as as the final word, I I'm, I'm pretty happy, you know, to see that how the well answers as a solution kind of goes up and up in every release. And uh, it's a lot of improvements all the time, a lot of different features, and it's catching up with the market as we go. So that's that's nice. So that's that's something uh, to consider. And uh, and one best thing about it, it's we also not not um, developing the tool and soft solution in a vertical direction, meaning mm-hmm. like faster and uh, you know less memory and 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 uh, less time and everything. But we also we also you know, get development in the horizontal if we can, t- t- you know, say integration. Meaning, well, now we can bring up, you know, anything like mm-hmm. PCB components, encrypted, non-encrypted uh, antennas. You put everything together. You put Flex PCB there. It's all together, and you still can work with that. You know, even if you know. <laughs> it's such a good point. It's such a good point. You know, you know, one thing when you were saying that, it made me think. Um, and those listening that have been maybe Ansys uses for a long time, or it's just a compute uh, engineering software uses for a long time, is we used to have a lot of discussion with our customers as to why am I paying maintenance, right? And yeah. and they understood for the support, so they could call up and get someone like you. I'm not getting that question anymore. I think <laughs> that um, there's such a big development team across the product line now that new and useful features that everybody can use, uh, regardless of what physics you're doing, are coming out at such a high rate right now. Then, you know, I don't think I've heard that question in two or three years. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's that's a good sure. sign because <laughs> you, you really you really think about you know a big change like this meshing capability or you know like a wizard to really take something that was was long and cumbersome to speed it up or taking the Dell Cross acquisition some of the technologies from Dell Cross the ray tracing and and incorporating that in as well. I mean, these are all things that um, you're not paying anymore for, right? It's right. You, just, you get it with your maintenance. So yeah, it's a good good point. Yeah, cool. never thought about that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let you go and uh, wrap things up. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. And you do have a webinar coming up. I don't know if it'll be uh, before or after we put this out. But that's going to be on, what is it? Uh, let me look and see. Oh, I don't think it's scheduled yet. Do we have a uh, thing scheduled for HFSS? So I think the, the webinar for HFSS has been already uh, already happened. Okay. Yes. So okay. I think it, it was going. yesterday. I think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the one for for side wizard, uh-huh. side wave. So that's okay. supposed to be coming up in in a couple months. <laughs> okay. So your next one will be SI wave. And if you missed the one on um, high frequency products, um, do go to brighttalk.com as usual, and you can find it there and and learn more about it. So I really appreciate as always your time. It's always good catching up. Um, I uh, I'll I'll mention this on the. Uh, on the rest of the podcast, but I've got my first shot. I'm getting my second shot in two weeks and I can't tell you how much I can't wait to go visit you guys in Colorado. So <laughs> a couple more well, months right, of this. Right yeah. now it's still pretty cold. So <laughs> yeah. maybe well, I, I think it's probably going to be June anyway, just till things calm down. So it'll be nice and uh, I'll enjoy the weather and get out of the heat here in Phoenix. So um, well, we'll I'll try to clean up the office then for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people have uh, been there since. <laughs> yeah, we're all, that's, that's the thing I found when I came into my office this morning is um, I just been <laughs> piling stuff up on my desk for the last year. 
year. And uh, that's my goal after I finish recording is to, to clean that up. So always appreciate it. And uh, um, please, everybody do reach out to us if you're one of our customers. If you have any questions for Alex, uh, our email is um, podcast at PADTINC.com. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Eric. Talk to you soon. All right. Well, thank you very much. And do check out our webinar on brighttalk.com as usual. Search for PADT and you'll find this one and all the others that we've done in the past. Um, You just need to uh, listen to it at your own pace. For today's commercial, I want to talk more about ANSYS customization with uh, using PADT. In our weekly project review that we do as part of the consulting group, uh, I realized that we have actually four projects going on right now, and uh, there's two proposals out there. Maybe it depends on how you classify them, a few more that are getting close to being uh, pretty pretty likely to happen. We're doing some sort of tool for customers that is written on top of or integrates uh, multiple tools, including ANSYS product or multiple ANSYS products. Most are proprietary, um, so I, I can't uh, give details about what we're doing. The, the one I want to talk about today, which is a great example, uh, I can't be very specific about, but in broad terms, um, we're really excited about this project because we're taking a very complex labor-intensive simulation process, um, building the models, meshing the models, running the models, and we're automating the whole thing that will allow customers to quickly conduct an advanced simulation on a different configuration of their product, including taking a look at different loading conditions. Uh, the user does not have to be an expert in the particular physics that we're doing this uh, ANSYS product around, or this vertical product around an ANSYS physics. They just need to specify the configuration and the loading and then press go. All the modeling, meshing, loading, parallel solve, and post-processing is done for them. Um, the customer predicts that it will save them millions in testing over multiple years, and it'll be a big differentiator for them when compared to their customers because they can talk to the customer, see what the customer wants, and then try it out and make sure it's going to work and not have a problem. Um, that also, that's cost savings, doesn't include the cost of fixing a problem in the field um, that can be avoided because we did the simulation. Um, and, and we wouldn't have done the simulation without this vertical app, or they wouldn't have done the simulation without this vertical app because it was just t- takes too long to build the model, and you have to have an expert to do it. Like I said, that's just one of the four we're doing right now. Um, So if you have any ideas about how your company or customers could benefit from integration, customization, vertical applications, or added capabilities um, to your ANSYS products, just reach out. uh, Info at PADTinc.com, podcast at PADTinc.com, www.PADTinc.com. Just uh, let us know. We love this stuff. Um, It's our favorite thing to do. So uh, reach out and... Um, let us help you um, be more productive and get these kind of gigantic uh, step functions and productivity. So speaking of step functions, let's talk about ANSYS Financials. Um, they gave their numbers uh, yesterday, uh, the 24th, um, for 2020, as well as the fourth quarter of 2020, and they were pretty dang good. Um, let's take a look. Uh, before we go into the actual financial numbers, uh, as part of that presentation that they put on um, the investor page, so if you go to the ANSYS uh, website and go to About and then uh, Investor Relations, I think is what it's called in the menu, uh, you can look at these PowerPoints. Pretty good stuff. Um, they, they get some interesting numbers that I think were worth sharing. So right now, they're over twice the size of their nearest competitor. They have 4,800 employees globally, 85 offices. 150 channel partners, of which uh, PADT is proud to be one, uh, 
an elite channel partner, actually. 24% of their senior leadership team. I, I really like this statistic, and it's it's been – they really worked at this. 24% uh, of their leadership team is female, and 22% of their staff is female. Their employee turnover is really low, 6%. That's globally. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, also, they gave some statistics on their startup program, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, we, I think we mentioned a, a couple episodes ago that they passed the 1,000 startups threshold. So they're at 1,095 as of uh, you know probably the end of last month. Um, 161 of those companies have what we say is graduated. So they're, they're a going concern that's making money, so they get to pay the full price. Um, and that's in 54 countries. And it's been 80% growth in uh, uh, 2019 to 2020, Uh, some pretty significant growth in that program. Uh, A related program is the university program. Um, most people don't realize this, but there's 2,750 schools in 50 countries that use ANSYS to either teach or do research. And this number surprised me. There's 615, over 615 now, campus-wide solutions. So that's where they just say, you know, give us as much as you can. Here's the dollar amount. Um, and uh, a new program that uh, we've talked about on the podcast is uh, ANSYS sponsoring student teams. Um, so each local office um, is asked to do that. And they've sponsored sponsored over 500, um, you know, kids, um, maybe not so kids with the graduate students, but uh, team events um, like the cars and the autonomous vehicles or uh, droids, um, robots, whatever the, the team is, they've sponsored over 500 of those. So pretty impressive investment in universities um, that is paying off. So all that being said, some numbers that are still true, they're, they're number one in simulation. No one, of course, they're twice as big as the nearest competitor. Um, um, also, their customer satisfaction rate uh, has stayed really high. It's at 89%. Um, that's a really good number. And consistently, from a business standpoint, they're only focused on simulation. Um, and if you look at the competitors, that's not true. And it's one of the reasons why they continue to grow, in my humble opinion. So before we get into last year's numbers, they did share uh, what they see for future growth. And one of the things they did is a market study to look at what's the total addressable market space for simulation. So currently, they estimate the simulation market at, uh, in, and these are using people who do such things, uh, using their reports, $6.6 billion for simulation. So that's the worldwide spend on simulation in a year. Um, they think it will triple in the next seven to 10 years to either 15.8 on their low estimate to 20.6 billion in their high estimate. That includes organic growth in the existing core foundation areas, this, the, the stuff we usually talk about in this podcast. And then it's also faster growth in high growth areas. They, they, they expect to see that grow even faster. Um, things like digital twin, additive manufacturing simulation, uh, tools like ANSYS Discovery-based um, tools for design engineers. They expect to see that part of the market grow actually faster. And then they expect even bigger growth in what would they call new additional or new markets that are adjacent to where they are right now. And this will be new products or new tools that allow them to, uh, to uh, well, it's not just ANSYS, but to, to allow the industry to grow, right? So um, lots of potential for growth. Um, and when you see the numbers, you can see they've grown a lot, but uh, they've got even more room. Um, so getting right into it for the fourth quarter. Their revenue was $627.8 million, and that was a record. Uh, 
and they did $259.7 million in profit. So that's an unusually high profit ratio. It's 51.6%. So over over half, um, they, they kept over half of the money they took in. So a lot of high margin uh, business there in Q4. Um, in 2019, that number was 492 versus 627, um, and the profit uh, was 194.7 million. So it's a 20 year over year for the fourth quarter, a 27% increase in revenue, and a 33% increase in profit. Uh, so nicely done for Q4, and PDT did contribute to that. We had a great Q4. Um, we're 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 big, but we're not that big. So, we, but we we helped move the needle uh, with a lot of other people having a good good Q4. So for 2020, um, the total year they reached the 1.696 billion. So we'll just say 1.7 billion dollars in revenue. With um, over half a billion dollars in profit, five hundred eighty-four million. So that's a for the year a forty-three percent margin. Uh, compared to that's compared to one point five billion in revenue last year, two thousand nineteen, and a five hundred sixty-five million dollar uh, profit. So um, th- that had a higher profit margin because the profit was similar. Um, but the revenue was less, so 45% versus 43% profit margin. So year over year, um, profit was up 11%, or excuse me, revenue was up 11%, and profit was up only 3%. Um, and I think what we're seeing in that reduced profit um, is definitely um, the expenses of COVID uh, and delays in customers purchasing and things like that um, in, you know, in the middle of the year. So, uh, and but a strong Q4 was making up for that. The what they call the annual contract value—that's that's really the amount of software people buy—was um, uh, 1.6 billion versus 1.4 billion last year, and that's a nine percent growth if you adjust for currency changes, which can can make some big differences in the actual dollars in the bank. Um, taking a look at the balance sheet. Speaking of the bank, um, how much do they have cash sitting in a vault somewhere, um, or, or a digital whatever? Um, at the end of 2020, it was 913 million dollars, and that's versus 872 million at the end of 2019. So we often talk about for acquisitions, do they have enough, you know, cash on hand to do a down payment and then finance the rest? And yeah, 913 million dollars is a lot of cash on hand. Um, their long-term debt, speaking of that, um, which is what they generally have incurred in order to buy companies. Um, remember, they bought two in 2020. Uh, it did go up from 423.5 million to 798 million for those acquisitions, probably. Um, if you do that math, that's um, $798 million in debt, and it is uh, 1.3 times this year's profit. So, you know, they're not taking on a huge amount of debt. Um, you know, if they want to pay it off over 10 years, they don't have to really dig too much into their profit. Um, it's also only 87% of the cash on hand. So they haven't borrowed more than they have sitting in the bank. So very conservative. Um, don't know what, well, we'll talk about Wall Street. I don't understand what the hell they are doing. But uh, from my standpoint as a small business owner, I mean, these are these are fantastic numbers. Um, they're very conservative, um, really poised for continued growth um, through investing internally and externally. So where did the revenue come from? This is something I always care about. Uh, 1.68 billion 
uh, which is 40, uh, that, that's the total amount of revenue, 1.68 billion. Uh, 46% was software licenses and 54% was maintenance and services. That's pretty robust considering a major economic slowdown. Um, you know, what it shows, I think, is that companies, and, and we certainly saw this with our customer base, companies small and large are still investing in simulation. Um, they're taking a little bit longer to do it, and they're, they're, they're not spending as much overall. So they're, they're going with people they know that can return value on that investment. So, you know, those, those small and large companies are investing in simulation because it pays off, as we all, if you listen to this podcast, you know that. And uh, they seem to be doing it uh, with Ansys more than other products. So, um, really great, fantastic, you know, kudos to everybody in the uh, one Ansys world, uh, from, from the channel partners that are new to the Ansys world to, you know, the CEO, Ajay, who's just done a fantastic job, uh, steering the ship through some very stormy waters in 2020, uh, and doing quite well. So, um, uh, the wall street, I don't understand them. So a, a week before the release of this info, the stock hit an all-time high, an amazing price of $413.19. That's massive, right? Um, the, with, with, there's 85.88 million shares out there, according to Yahoo Finance. So that puts their market cap on that day at $35.5 billion. So that's that's 35 and a half unicorns running around. Um, in one company, uh, pretty damn impressive. Um, then it went down, um, uh, and and today it's it's still going down a little bit. It seems I don't I don't know if this is people cashing in, if it's the the estimates for next quarter aren't as high as they want. I don't understand. I have no idea what they're doing. Um, you know, buying stocks is, is not about what the company's doing. It's about what you think other people think the company's doing, or whether the people think you think that the company is doing it's confusing um so you know since that 41319 price it's dropped 16 percent uh when i wrote the numbers down um uh, and that's a and and they're actually down year to date five percent um you know since january one so some sort of correction taking place there the market in general is down tech stocks are down today so maybe it's part of that as well i will just continue to claim that i don't understand um, investing. Uh, I don't do it well myself personally, uh, and I don't understand the ANSA stock price. If you look at those financials, it's just outstanding numbers. And uh, we like it as users because it means that there's plenty of money to add new tools into the ANSA's family, as well as um, money to make the tools we got even better and make support even better and make the learning hub even better. Um, so it's all good stuff for us. Uh, before we uh, sum things up, that's what I got for financials and stock. Uh, I did want to mention some events that are coming up for PADT. Um, we have our next ANSYS uh, update is going to be Mechanical 2020 R1, and that's going to be on, it's already March, March 2nd um, at uh, 11 o'clock. So do check that out. That's going to be online. And then if you are in Arizona or if you care about photonics, um, we are a sponsor, a bronze sponsor of the Arizona Photonics Day. Uh, this is usually a big in-person event down in Tucson. Uh, Tucson's the one of the two leading centers for optics and photonics in the U.S., um, Rochester being the other one. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a really great event. Um, you know, there's a little bit of talk about simulation, but, uh, but it's a 
very general conference on optics and what's going on in the world of optics and photonics. Um, ANSYS has made acquisitions in that space, so we're doing more and more with that. Uh, and I said we're a sponsor this year. And that is on March 3rd and 5th, uh, through the 5th, from 7 to basically 1 o'clock every day. So if you can... Um, if you want to, and just check out uh, our website, uh, pdtinc.com slash events, and you can register for that. It's very expensive, done through the Tech Council. Um, then we've got um, two automotive-related events um, on the 11th. Um, the first one is at 1030 in the morning, and it's the state of additive in the automotive industry. So we're really going to be looking at additive manufacturing and how it impacts uh, the automotive industry. That's with our partners at Stratasys. Um, and we'll be talking about simulation a little bit as part of that. And then uh, we're going to do a panel discussion um, uh, uh, about that topic. Uh, then at 1 p.m. on that same day, we're going to be doing um, a simulation-focused discussion called Simulating the Future of Automotive Industry, um, and it's part of this PADT focus on automotive on the 11th. Um, and I recommend if you're in the automotive space or you care about the automotive space, you attend all three of those. The panel discussion will be great, as will the discussion about ANSYS uh, simulation in automotive and um, taking a look at the 3D printing in automotive. Um, on the ANSYS side, we talk about a lot of the podcast. Um, we do a lot of uh, sensor and virtual testing, virtual uh, prototyping in order to train AI. There's just so much that we can do uh, to help automotive um, uh, composites you know, metal forming, you name it, uh, batteries for the electrification, electric motors, and yeah, go on and on. So uh, do check that out if you care about those things. And I will also put a plug in for ANSYS Simulation World in 2021. Um, that is going to be on April 20th and 21st. It's the big, uh, gigantic worldwide user conference that's virtual. And um, again, check that out on padtinc.com slash events. You can, at the bottom of the page, you can register for that event as well. So that's pretty much it I've got for today. I want to thank everybody before we wrap up. Um, just to make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as go to pdtinc.com slash opt-in and subscribe to our newsletter. Um, spread the word. If you do subscribe to our newsletter or, or follow uh, uh, some of us on social media, you know that uh, kind of a cool thing we're doing, and we, we hope you guys, uh, listeners, take part in it that I'll mention, is uh, we're writing a novella. A short novel. Um, it's very silly. It's not very well written, but it's about an engineer who's a CFD, a PhD in CFD. And uh, there's time travel involved, uh, a few Monty Python jokes. I mean, we're only in the first chapter um, and uh, making fun of salespeople. So um, uh, we hope you, it's serialized. Every month we'll come out with a new chapter or two. And we hope you uh, take the time to read it uh, as we go along or when it's all done. And that's going to be on our blog. So spread the word on that as well. As always, don't, reach, don't hesitate to reach out. And um, we hope to share more exciting uh, information in our next podcast. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 82. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers.
For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com.